Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Pluto Galore, welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited you're here. Tell me, what would you like a reading about today? First, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this today. I heard you talking about Pluto many times, and I would like to know what should I expect uh, for the coming few years of my life having Pluto transit. Mm. You and you have a bunch. <laughs> you have a bunch coming. You've got Pluto yes. is going to square your Mars, then it's going to sit on top of Jupiter. And then it's going to square your sun. And this is going to last about like about seven years. Is that correct? We're, we're on the same page that that's what we're looking at, yes. right? And yes. just, you know, for clarity's sake, Pluto Galore, we are not sharing your birth information because you're going to keep it private because you've got a Scorpio sun. Yes. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, great. So, okay. There's a lot to talk about here, but I have a question for you before I answer your question. Why are you worried about Pluto when you're still dealing with your Neptune squared of Venus? My understanding with Neptune squared Venus is mainly uh, the outcome is mainly changing in the hormone. Mm, I see. Are you going through perimenopause or menopause yet? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. And unless I'm not knowing what could also do, but mainly I just feel like there's a lot of changing in my in my body. Uh, in my hormone for sure. Mm. That makes sense because you do have Venus in Campanus houses, you have Venus in the eighth house. So that Neptune square could absolutely hit your hormones. That said, you are going to be going through this transit, you know, it's two years total and it'll be over just before uh, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to you. It'll be over on the 13th of February of 2023. But I wanted to start there because Neptune square Venus, I find to be really a, a material transit in many ways. And it can create situations in your personal relationships with loved ones. So not just your love life, but you know anyone who you care for, where you feel helpless, where you feel like you can't do enough. And this transit can provoke a lot of anxiety. So when I pulled up your chart, knowing that you were gonna wanna touch on Pluto, I was like, but what about Neptune? Is the reason why you're having anxiety in advance partially common sense? Pluto transits can be frightening, but also is it partially because you're going through a Neptune transit? So I wanted to just kind of like put that on the table and add one more thing. From my perspective, that Neptune squared of Venus. So Venus is our values, right? And Neptune is confusion and overwhelm. And so it can create a sense of overwhelm and confusion in regards to what it is that you value. And this is really important. It's really important for you, period. But it's also important for the fact that you're going to be going through a Pluto square to your Mars and Taurus. Because of course, uh, Taurus is very relevant to Venus. And this particular transit that we, we will focus, don't worry, we'll focus on your Pluto transit stuff, but I would say that leading up to the beginning of your Pluto transit, which, by the way, the math is really tidy. Pluto square your Mars begins on February 12th and Neptune square Venus ends 
on February 13th. I mean, so again, to me, there's this really important conversation that's happening from a like a big picture perspective of first, you've got these two years, which you're still in, of Neptune squaring your Venus, which yes, is about your hormonal transitions, but it's also about how your values land for you, how you are relating to those that you care about, how you're relating to feeling out of control with those you care about, which I think is a little universal during COVID for a lot of people, but certainly very personal to you. And that the fact that this kind of like, you know, there's no space in between these two transits, it's like one day apart, then Pluto comes and uh, challenges that Mars, the clearer your foundation of values within yourself, what you value, what you care about, the better mm -hmm. equipped you'll be to deal with the bully of the Zodiac, Pluto. So I just dropped a bunch of stuff on you. Do you have any questions about any of that? I mean, I can just tell you what's happening yeah. a little bit. Two things came to my mind. First, you know, having, you said, people that I care about that kind of have no control. I think that's maybe could be my mom. Mm. And I already have Neptune conjunct uh, uh, moon. My mom is very important. And we're very close. Um, so that could be part of it, feeling kind of hopeless and helpless. Mm. Uh, when she was diagnosed last year, it was really, it crushed me. Crushed Do you mind me. what I ask what the diagnosis was? You don't have to share if you don't want, but. Yeah, no, I can tell you uh, the diagnosis. Uh, she had cancer in her lungs and her bones from top to bottom. Oh, I'm so sorry. And she's taking type of medication, a chemo as a pills that is really helping her. Um, but you know, it, mm -hmm. it's cancer. But Lassie, when she got diagnosed, it, it was really hard on me. And my father passed away four years and a half. And since then, and my, of course, my mom was with him for two years for the treatment. Since that time, she did not get any break, mm -hmm. no break. It really broke my heart when she had cancer last year. So that was, that was something like, you know, I have no control. And I literally, with the pain and the, 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 the feeling of hopelessness, I let go. Mm. I reached the point that, oh, okay, my mom is leaving and I'm just crying, 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 crying. And when I start letting go, actually the medicine start working. And I was like, wow, what? I did not believe it. I said, this is bullshit. Western medicine is not mm. going to work. This is mm. And it actually, it is working like she's not in pain. Um, then, I mean, they can prolong her life for a few years, but she is not miserable. So that may be Neptune. Yeah. Neptune squaring the Venus. I would and say absolutely. the last one, yeah. And the last one, a few months ago, we'll call it a year, we've been wanted to remodel our home. Down the road, I know I have this transiting coming with the Pluto. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, oh, I'm going to do the remodel and finish before all of this happening so I can be prepared for the, for this aspect. Did not happen. Of course, yeah, because it's in your eighth house. So it's terrible it for remodeling. Yeah, yeah. So then I said, okay, maybe we should not remodel. So last minute, we were just going to pull the trigger because we have this, we have the permit. We're just going to pull the trigger. Last minute, I decided, okay, maybe I should not do this. This is going to take the life out of me. Mm. And it's going to put our relationship, although we are very good. I mean, we are in love 
every day. Uh, but I said, why would I put my love in my love in this? Uh, so let's sell our home and buy a new home. I manifest the home in one day. Oh my God. Yes. I said like, what do I want? Next day we found it. Wow. We found it, but it, it needs a lot of work that we could not live there. So we're living in a rental now. We sold our home, we bought a home, but we're living in a rental mm. while we are. And it's driving me crazy that I don't have any control of like, I have to get a permit and I have to get a, a contractor and I have to get a, a designer. And I was like, holy cow, I just want to remodel the bathrooms and the kitchen so yeah. I can live in it. <laughs> so these are like eating me, like I have no control in it. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned four years ago, right? And I want to just very briefly name that that was when Neptune was squaring your moon, right? And so we definitely yes. see these themes with people you love going through things that are out of your control as an important part of the themes of Neptune hitting your eighth house planets. And so this is astrologically interesting, but it's also hopefully validating because the transit's over in early February. And this kind of thing won't reoccur in your life. So that's nice to know, you know, that Neptune's mm -hmm. not going to mess with your eighth house planets again. You have, you know, very little time left of this transit. And it's really valuable to explore your relationship to control when it comes to those you love or things you deeply care for. And it's not just control. It's also impatience, right? because we're talking about Sagittarius planets in your chart. So it's valuable for you to explore what you actually care for and what it actually means to you. And by exploring this, you're going to be learning the lessons of the transit. And to be going through this and also menopause or perimenopause is right on time because the beautiful thing about this hormonal transition is often we step into ourselves, you know, and it's a, it's a much more like stepping into power time, or at least it can be. So I want to just kind of acknowledge that and then bring it to your primary question, which is Pluto. In order to talk about this, we have to talk about the fact that you have a T-square in your birth chart. you got one T-square and it is between Mars, Jupiter, and the sun with the focal planet as Jupiter. And so Pluto isn't just going to give you an intimidating transit. It's going to spend seven years triggering your T-square. So, well... Jupiter as the, the focal planet to a T-square. I mean, impatience is your middle name. I mean, this is not going to be the, you know, like muddling through the depths with Pluto. Ew, like nobody wants that. But a Scorpio with like a very active Jupiter in an air sign. No, you don't want that. There is a poetry to life. I, I know I'm a Capricorn saying that and I want to barf when I say it, but I'm saying it because I mean it. When we like pull all the way back in a way that astrology allows us to do, and we look at the tapestry, not the part of the tapestry, not the thread, when we look at the tapestry of our lives, to see that you have been, eh, I would say, slightly tortured by Neptune for a number of years, where it's been teaching you how to let go of control, and it's been teaching you how to love in more layers, how to experience love and care in different ways, right? That's what Neptune's been doing. And then it's going to, like a boomerang, like go right into Pluto, where it's like, and what are you going to do with this? How are you going to embody this? What is important for me to name about your T-square is that it has everything to do with stepping into your power and doing it in a way that is in alignment with what you believe in and finding ways of 
not just stepping into your power as an individual, but doing it around other people. I know that's super annoying for me to say though. So I apologize. And then, you know, we're going to add annoying to it. You're in your late forties. And so, you know, I'll touch on North node for people who are younger than 40, but I'll, I like to focus on it after the age of 40. Cause I think that's when we really come into embodiment with that nodal placement. And you've got this North node in Capricorn in the ninth house. It's very close to the midheaven. It's not conjunct, but it's close. And so one thing I want to say as a like big picture reframe for these Pluto transits you're about to go through is that this is a time for taking responsibility. Maybe I would say taking authority over what and who you are and how you choose to live. And it's not like your North Node is touching the T-square. It isn't. But it's in the house of Jupiter. And Jupiter is the focal planet to your T-square. And so I really feel that, listen, am I ever jealous that someone's going through a Pluto transit? Never. Like, never am I jealous. This is not the thing for jealousy. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a realist, you know. Obviously, there's going to be difficult parts. But this is happening at this time for a reason. And a meaningful part of that reason is because it is time for you to step into ownership of who the fuck you are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it is a beautiful thing while at the same time it is a fucking pain in your ass. It's both. And and I want to just say to like your eighth house and I want to say to, you know, the Neptune transits you're going through, cultivating the ability to say... Western medicine is bullshit. We don't trust it in many ways. And also, thank God for Western medicine. We can hold both of those things in one hand. We can say Pluto transits are scary and terrible, and they're transformational and exactly what you need. And they're both true, and we can hold them both in one hand. And being able to sit with this kind of duplicity or like the, the paradoxal truths is very Jupiterian, right? So mm -hmm. it's part of your t-square to be able to sit with truth and not need truth to be a singular point it's not one plus one is two the singular truth that you're being called to sit with is more like quantum physics it's more like complex and nuanced because we're talking about jupiter in aquarius in the 11th house as a focal planet to your t-square and pluto is coming for your damn t-square so that's my preamble before I keep going, do you have any questions or, or comments or concerns? So um, inwardly, I know this is for me to force me to step in my power, to yeah. force me to do the work, which mm -hmm. I've been hiding and, you know, bidding at home. That's how I know, but I feel also it's going gonna, it's gonna to come with a lot of pain. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard, which mm -hmm. is, it is hard thing to do because of whatever past life I have. Maybe one of my concern is health, mm -hmm. having more stuff in the first. Yeah. So let me ask you a question before you keep going. So I stay, stay in the first concern. So are you in menopause or perimenopause? I don't know because I have a cousin who passed away last, last January. He was very big in our life. Uh, he, he's, he's young. He just had a clot. He had a, oh. he broke his legs. They did the surgery and he, anyhow, he passed. Mm. I came back. I did not have a period. It's gone. 
it was a very big emotional shock. And this since January, I don't have my period. So I assume I'm menopausing that. That's yeah. it. I mean, they say 12 months. So you're almost 12 months. Yeah. So, so you're almost. like om almost officially menopausal. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a bunch of things I'll say. Fucking Neptune, fucking Neptune. You can't trust nothing. You know what I mean? So, so we'll see. You know, let's let wait until oh, it happens because oh, we'll I, I see. understand what you're you, saying. You okay. know, yeah, like because uh -huh. Neptune's squaring your Venus in the eighth house, it might be that something shifts and all of a sudden you get your cycle. Maybe not regularly. Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. But you can't ever fully trust mm -hmm. Neptune and you're still very much going yes. through a Neptune transit. So yes. I want to name that. And the reason why I ask is because, um, well, it actually leads me to a second question, which is, how is your thyroid? I don't have a problem with the thyroid. few years back, I had one, maybe like seven, eight years ago, I had one. And when I went, because I had kind of a lump. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to the doctor, she said, um, it's a virus and it's gone. Oh, so great. You did, they did not give me pills, nothing. Okay, great. But I do have it in the family. I, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Yeah. I would say... From both sides. So due to a number of factors in your chart, if you start to have weird random symptoms and thyroid, it can present with a million different kinds of, of symptoms. So if you start to have weird, confusing symptoms, just remember what I said and, you know, look up like, is this a thyroid symptom? Because mm. Pluto squaring your Mars can trigger something that's in your system, right? Can activate it. But I don't look at your chart and say, oh, this is going to be a health crisis for you. This T-square is not the part of your chart that I would associate with a lot of health issues. You have Pluto in the sixth house and Saturn forms a square to it. That's a health issue. You've got all this stuff in the eighth house, health issues. Yes, the first house very much can be a health house, I find the 11th house to be the least relevant to health issues of them all, luckily. And the 7th house mm -hmm. isn't a big health house to me either. So I have a sense that this is not primarily going to be a health transit for you. Now, that said, Pluto squaring Mars is going to impact your physical health to some extent. But there's a meaningful difference between going through health crises because of Pluto and having your body express the Pluto transit. Do you understand what I mean by the difference? Like Pluto governs the scariest stuff that can happen mm -hmm. uh, health-wise. I don't see that happening for you. Knock mm -hmm. on wood. I forgot to mention something very important. Okay. I, I cannot believe I forget it. After my cousin passed away, my sexual desire, dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dead. Okay. It's yeah. scary. It's dead. Yeah. And how are, you, how are you feeling downstairs? Are you dry as well? No. Okay. No, so not it's dry. not that. It's it's really just like emotional, just not even thinking about not, it. Yeah. yeah. So the, there's a I couple don't have, of like, I don't get horny. It's not, it's not coming. At all. Yeah. So ah, this can happen with menopause. It's something to talk to a doctor about or and when I say a doctor maybe it's not western medicine maybe you you know see somebody who deals more with herbs or whatever um it's certainly worth investigating there's that if it's related to menopause that's the bad news now here's the good news neptune square venus is not a sexy transit i would say <laughs> most of the people i 
have ever consulted with who are going through this transit are not very sexual. Or when you have sex, it's not a great experience. So part of it is the transit. You know, it's not mm. just Neptune squaring your Venus. It's Neptune squaring your Venus in the eighth house. So it's what I would characterize as a boner killer. And you can quote me on that. It, is, it murders all, all gender boners, right? So that doesn't freak me out for you, even though I know you're freaked out. No, I'm not. I think it's going to come back eventually, especially having a Pluto is going to square Mars. It's Ex- going to do something. Exactly. Pluto yeah. square Mars, it but will bring it back. The only your system put my Venus in the in the in the eighth. For you, it's in the ninth? that's the only system. Interesting. Yeah. The only system is yours. The the all the other system, my Venus definitely in the ninth, and the Moon will be some of them in the eighth, and some of them in the ninth. Interesting. I mean, personally, me, I would say just this tiny bit of evidence I will give for my belief in my system, other than the fact that I'm a Capricorn, I believe in my system, is. Very few people are like, not only will I not share my my name or my birth information, but not even the place I'm from or the degree of my planets. That is a, a tiny stellium in the eighth house behavior, if you ask me. A Scorpio sun on its own is not enough, as far as I'm concerned, to do that. Because I have actually talked to people who have lots of Scorpio in their chart. So the the kind of privacy that you have, the kind of self-protective privacy that you have, to me, is moon and venus in the eighth not just neptune in the eighth the way that you're experiencing the neptune square to venus in any house it can be especially at your age related to menopause or perimenopause but the eighth house i mean it's very much a hormonal place Mm -hmm. and so uh, to me this again it just locks your venus into the eighth but for whatever it's Mm -hmm. worth it's it's right on the cusp it's very close Mm -hmm. to that house cusp of the ninth house, again, I still call it eighth house and I'm sticking to it. But coming back <laughs> to sex drive, having a sun opposition to Mars, as you do in your birth chart, means that you are aggressive and irritable and passionate. However, do you actually express being aggressive or irritable or passionate out loud to people? Not to anyone. Yeah. That's what this Pluto transit's going to be. And and that is where learning how to let go of control is really valuable for this process because, you know, holding on in the presence of Pluto is fool's errand. It does not work. It does not work. It is, you know, the undertow of the ocean. You try to hold on to the undertow and you're toast. So when we talk about your birth chart, when we talk about your T-square between Mars, Sun, and Jupiter, This is like the position of an athlete. This is a position of a leader. This is a position of somebody who's just like, stop pissing me off. Stop pissing me off. I need you to go do this, right? And not somebody who's mean. It can be mean. It sure can be mean, but it can also just be like very assertive, very embodied, very present, right? And I keep on using the word embodied because Mars in the first house is all about being in your body. Now, mm-hmm. we haven't acknowledged that Chiron is very closely conjoined to your ascendant. So you learned early on that being in your body is not safe. Let's add more data, which is your little, what I'm calling your little eighth house stellium. Very uncomfortable being in the body. One more data point. Okay. Pluto in the sixth house. Yeah. Don't want to be in your body. One more data point. I guess I lied. Uh, you have Virgo intercepted the sixth house. Pisces intercepted the 12th. 
that makes it real hard to be in your body in a safe way. All of these things articulate, "Mm, I'm cool. I don't, I don't really need to be in my body. I will take care of my body. I will manage my body, but I won't like be in my body. Cause when I'm in my body, there's all these emotions that are strong. Pluto, Chiron, planets in, you know, in Sagittarius in the eighth house. And I don't want to be too much. I don't want to be too strong because I know the consequences for that. I will have to answer to things. I will be at risk when I do that. And so you've done a very good job of working around being in your body. But when we look at the whole tapestry, these three transits that are coming for you are coming at the right time. Thank God they didn't come in your 20s you know, and how lucky that they're coming now in your late 40s and not, you know, later on, because you have so much life in front of you that you can live in a really different way from inside your body and inside your power. So Pluto square Mars, this transit traditionally brings power struggles. This transit traditionally brings um, big goals, big ambitions, and big struggle to get there. This transit traditionally brings you know, difficulties, difficulties. However, it doesn't have to be tragedy. And I'll tell you, so I went through a Pluto conjunction to Mars and I spent probably 20 years being scared of it, like really being scared of it. And my experience of that transit changed my relationship to the terror I feel sometimes still when I see scary transits coming because that transit was not scary for me at all. That was a conjunction. It wasn't a square. And every chart is different. Every experience is different. But but I will say that I was so scared of the transit that what I did was I was like, okay, I yield from the get. I was just like, I yield because I, I am not fighting Pluto. Like <laughs> I yield. And I just was like, okay, I know what this is. Like every day I was thinking about it for two years. I know what this is. And it made the transit go a lot easier. And so I'm sharing this with you because you're still going through a Neptune transit, which makes it easier for you to yield. And yielding to Pluto is this. You have formidable energy. Mars, Sun, Jupiter. I mean, these are powerhouse planets. You have such strength to be able to avoid your body. You have such power to be able to deny yourself that. That is power. It is simply a little misdirected. And it's a massive outcome. Like it's a massive deal. But it's actually not the biggest redirect in the world. You're not like, I don't know my body. She's a total stranger to me. Your body, from what I'm seeing in your birth chart, like you, you keep good tabs on it. You know, you take care of it because um, you've got that Pluto in the sixth house square to Saturn. So you're like, this is my responsibility and I take care of my responsibilities. So it's like a shimmy to the left, a couple steps forward and you're in. I mean, those are torture shimmies and steps, but but that's all that it is. And I think that this is really important because you can believe that this is insurmountable. And I'm sure it feels like it's insurmountable. But when I look at your birth chart, this does not look insurmountable. This looks scary. There's a difference between I can't and I'm scared of what it will be like or who I'll be on the other side. Whether you need to fight with someone a neighbor, uh, you know, zoning, um, a family member, or yourself, whoever you need to fight with, you're going to need to fight. You're going to need to fight. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't want to point to the world, but there's also a lot of things in the world you might need to fight. Whatever it is, you're going to need to figure out a way to be present with yourself in yourself so that you can experience entitlement. And of course, there's like toxic entitlement where you're like, oh, give me the whole pie. All the pie is mine. And then there's just entitlement. I am entitled to take up space. I am entitled to have emotions. I am entitled to try and fail. I am entitled to be fine, but not the best, whatever it is, right? Mars is so competitive. So you're constantly competing against your vision for the future, for the past, for what you should be, what you shouldn't be, that kind of thing. What you're needing, for better or worse, is to be able to be more entitled, more embodied, more emboldened. And while this absolutely can and may play out through conflict with others, it actually doesn't have to. And this is the thing that's cool about astrology. It doesn't have to. We know what the energy is of Pluto. We know what the energy is of Mars. And so if you work with the energy, the universe doesn't have to hit you in the back of the head, hit you in the back of the head again, and then get you at the back of the knees. Like it, it doesn't need to like get you by surprise and it doesn't need to bring you to your knees. And it can. And it's not a value judgment if it does or it doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. This part of your chart is the part of your chart that you're most scared of. It's not the worst part of your chart. It's not the most dangerous part of your nature or your chart. It's just what you're most scared of because it's your damn T-square. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So within all of this, I'm going to give you homework. The first step is the Neptune-Venus homework. It's to really consider your values, which I was just talking about last week on the podcast, mm -hmm. actually, mm -hmm. um, to really do this homework of exploring your values. The next part of the homework is to collect examples of women who are aggressive and get angry out loud and are assertive, who you don't think are mean or bad. And they can be fictional. They can be real. They can be your friends. They can be, you know, somebody you just kind of know or somebody in public. But start to collect examples of mm. women who are in embodiment so that you see different ways of modeling it. And what I imagine you'll find is that you you will find many people that you think are doing a good job of it. Does that already make sense to you? It makes sense. But like, you know, going to my background and my yeah. culture, it's almost none. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Let me just ground that. There's almost none. I'm looking at it. There's almost none. Go back. Go back in time a little. That would be a homework to look for. I think it would be a homework to look for. Yeah. There are examples. So I would try. And if it doesn't work to find anyone from your culture, find from outside. Yes. Find women who the way that they express their assertiveness their Mars, their ego, their entitlement, their their embodiment makes you think, oh, that's cool. That would be cool if I could do that. Mm -hmm. If you can find models of behavior, it's so much easier to do it because your moon mm -hmm. is sandwiched between Neptune and Venus. You're good at modeling mm -hmm. yourself, uh, you know, like patterning yourself after models. Um, it, it just makes more sense in that way. Neptune is so permeable. So it's your friend mm -hmm. in that way. If you become more assertive, if you become more courageous and bold, you will be a very different person. And you're mm -hmm. scared of that. If you stand in the same place, if you go out on the street right now, you stand on the sidewalk and you don't move for 24 hours, you don't move, you, do, you don't flinch, the sun will change, 
around you. The shadows will change. The people will come and go. The birds will come and go. Everything will move around you. And that by extension changes you. The light on your face, the shadow you cast, whatever it is, whether Mm. you're in someone's way or you're not, right? Mm. So even when we choose to not change, we are changed by that. There's no avoiding change, right? This is your time to change. And Mm. Pluto will do it the hard way or the terrible way. (laughs) I I wish I could say it nicer, but... Yeah. First of all, because of your system... I had an interception because I don't have interception in the mm. other other system. And it, it's a spot on. Yeah. I start to know that I'm not in my body. Um, when I start studying hypnotherapy, then I start, you know, and it's just like, holy cow. And how I'm not grounded. I'm almost have a split here. Mm. I'm almost have like, you know, split from my heart to my, to my head. I'm always in my head because I'm scared. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's hard to see Scorpio sky, but I'm scared. Yeah. Um, so that's spot on that the one that I'm not in my body and by knowledge and learning and hypnotherapy and therapy, which mm-hmm. would, I love therapy that I start really understanding how to do boundary work and how to do grounding work. This is when I, right. when I start studying all of this, but it's a spot on. Yeah. And I do not want to be in my body. And it's, it's, a, it's a struggle. And mm-hmm. I still feel like I don't want to land. A few years ago, I did uh, ayahuasca. I did it once. I'm not, I did not do it again. Mm-hmm. And basically, that was the message. You're not yeah. in your body. And you're not going to get anything. Mm. You're not in your body. You, so, you, you're taking everybody's, anybody's energy. And you don't know what's your energy. Right. Right. You know... Somebody said this to me just a couple days ago. It is a perfect metaphor. But what she said was, it's like you build a tent and you take the poles for the tent and each pole is like, you know, fear, you know, vigilance, whatever it is, whatever it is. And then a big storm comes. We'll call it a Pluto transit. And a big storm comes and you try to change the weather instead of trying to change yourself. And I thought, oh shit, that's a perfect metaphor. Because... The truth is the weather's coming. The weather's coming. Pluto is coming and it's not coming for a year. It's not coming for two years. It's coming for seven, pretty much back to back. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what will you do? I I know what you will do. You know, you will fight it and you will grow and you will change. And then you will have completely different concerns. Each Pluto transit that comes for you will change you so much that we cannot predict anything about the Pluto conjunction to Jupiter or the Pluto square to your sun because the Pluto square to Mars hasn't happened yet. And we don't know who you'll be. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's impossible. You will be different person, period, 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 period. You will. You know enough astrology to know that we don't win a battle against Pluto. Mm -hmm. That's not how this goes. Mm -hmm. This is, again, why I don't think it's a health problem. I don't think it's like a physical mm-hmm. health issue. I think this mm-hmm. is about you figuring out. And to be fair, Mars is the only planet in your chart that is in an Earth sign, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Pluto I'm is coming from it. yeah. Pluto is coming from an air sign and squaring you in an Earth sign, and it's in a fixed Earth sign. 
So of course mm. your only earth is fixed, which is a real pain in your ass, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you, you've decided it looks like when you were 12 years old, this is how I'm going to cope. This is, how I'm going to cope. I'm going to not really be in my body. And you know, who can change your mind? The answer is Pluto. Why 12? Why 12? I don't know. I just saw that psychically, but it, something happened oh, okay. when you were 12. Do you know what happened when you were 12? War, mm. the first war. That, that'll do it. That All seems right. to me like, yeah. I believe that one of the many gifts that Pluto conjuncture Jupiter can bring you is the capacity towards synthesis. But how do you mm -hmm. synthesize from a tent in a windstorm? How do you synthesize from, you know, five steps and two shimmies away from your body? It's a lot harder. It's a lot of, it's just like a lot of extra labor for you. So step one, engage with your control issues and learn how to love more deeply. Thank you, Neptune. Step two, find a way to be in your body and be in your power. Find a way to be embodied and to be activated and to take up space to be bigger. That's your Pluto squirmers. You'll be able to synthesize mm -hmm. from that place. And then by the time Pluto comes and squares your sun in the seventh, you'll be so different. It will, of course, impact your relationships. That's all you really need to know. Is it going to be scary? Some days, yes. Every day? No. Probably not. Mm. Probably not. Mm. Now, listen, I, I don't want to be a dick, but I can't help but say. You can be a dick with me. I mean, I, I know, but also <laughs> watch me go. Um, this transit, the Pluto square, your Mars, coinciding with what feels to me very much like the you know, beginning of World War III, right? Um, and potentially a civil war here in the U.S., which mm. is why I said I don't want to be a dick because most people mm. don't want to hear that even if we see it happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, that may also be this transit for you. Make no mistake. Mm. You know, your focal Jupiter is in the 11th house. That's community. Mm. It's not just you. Mm. And mm. I just saw so clearly that 12 years old, and then when you said, oh, this was the first war that you experienced living through, you know, it kind of clicked for me. Oh, that's why that's coming up with this transit. Because even if things don't go as badly as they can, or it looks like they are, if, 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 right? Even if there's the threat, there's the fear. And it's mm -hmm. maybe a fear you're thinking about, maybe it's not a fear you're thinking about, but it's in the collective. And when I say the collective, I mean, it's in the global collective. As we are dealing with all of this, mm -hmm. you may need to revisit that time in your life to mm -hmm. explore the decisions you made about who you were going to be and how you were going to handle things and how you were going to hide from your mortal fears, your fears about being safe in your body. Mm -hmm. Because I think Pluto's going to dredge that shit up for you. And it mm -hmm. may do so through collective issues, not just personal issues something crossed my mind because i don't have memory of my childhood mm. um despite that all of the therapy that i do is still i don't have memory of my childhood a few years back i went back home and i thought i'm gonna bring all the memory i was blown away how much i forgot and i still don't have memory mm. so now that you're talking about it uh them gonna bring some memory back might mm. although there's nothing about it in memory what is what, what memory where, where would we look for memory we look for maybe your body mercury 
body body mm. body yes so here's so the thing the body knows it that's that's the thing the body the body is there the body is the only thing that is there from conception to death it's the only thing mm-hmm. from conception to death mm. our mind is offline sometimes uh you know like we're not emotionally present whatever your body is there mm. you may not be with your body mm. but your body mm-hmm. is there mm-hmm. and so if you're doing mm-hmm. A therapy, I think a somatic form of therapy, a therapy where, you you know, somebody's mm-hmm. helping you to be in your body and to create a safe mm-hmm. space, you know, that Jupiter, mm-hmm. that focal Jupiter, and even the sun is like, yeah, 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 it's just too slow. Let's move. It's not working. Let's keep on going. You know, it's that impatience. Um, yeah. And why would you want to remember things that were bad? Why would you want to remember living through yeah. threats of war or war itself? Why? You know, you've done a very good job and you need to tell your body that you appreciate that it has done a very good job of keeping you safe. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. has done this very good job of keeping you safe for a long time. And Mm -hmm. unless you can create safe conditions to have your Mm -hmm. body potentially tap in, she'll keep on fighting you, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Pluto in the sixth house. And so- Everything is life or death for, for your body. Like everything is life or mm-hmm. death. And this T-square in your chart is a gift. It's a, obviously every T-square is a pain in the ass. But this T-square is a gift. It's given you a way to get out of pain. It's given you a way to not have to live or relive through traumatic experiences And it's done this in a way, because thank you, Jupiter, that hasn't created a whole lot of secondary problems. I mean, it has, obviously, but not in the way that it could, right? For somebody Mm -hmm. to be in their late 40s and not remember their childhood, that could be a lot worse than it is for you. And that's because of Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And so that it would take Pluto to, you know, get shuck Mm -hmm. this oyster is not shocking. Mm -hmm. There's so much we can fear about Pluto transits. And again, I don't want to be a Pollyanna. Of course, it'll be difficult sometimes. But I actually think this is right on time. This looks to me. I think so too. Yeah, really right on time. I'm not just thinking about which transit, what does it mean? I'm pulling back to see it in context of what came before it and what comes next. Mm -hmm. And so that's a Mm -hmm. pattern I want to encourage you to think about. It's like, if you have any art in your home, stand really close Mm -hmm. to a painting and stare at one little part and there's no context. Now, if you stand too too many feet back, how do you make sense of anything? It's too far away. So you've got to figure out a way that you can tolerate being far enough from all the, the information to start to really see the big picture of it. The problem is taking authority over what you know, saying to someone, I know this, let me tell you this. How do you do that when you're not in your body? How do you do that when you don't feel you have a right to take up space and you have a right to be an authority over something, right? You can't. It it must have something with something past life. Mm-hmm. It's just this fear. It's humongous mm-hmm. and it's un like un it's ridiculous like how to put it in a words like why? Yeah. But this is how it shows up. So let me say something about this life in regards to that feeling, because Pluto in the sixth squared by Saturn, Chiron conjunct the ascendant. These data Mm -hmm. points really clearly state 
what you're talking about, that it just feels like you're like, everything's going to end. And Mm -hmm. in this life, let me tell you what it's about, because I don't really do past life as much, but I do this life. So this is one thing. If you take up space, whether you're right or you're wrong, you're a target. You don't want to be a target. You would rather be nothing than be a target. That is very real. Yeah. Yeah. Here's something else. You are so scared of causing harm that Mm -hmm. you triple guess everything. And that part Mm -hmm. of you that is like capable of like holding, you know, paradox and holding, you know, it's true that it's day and it's night goes into overdrive. And then you're like, well, what truth is the real truth? You just, you you drive yourself bonkers out of of fear. Exactly. And you're just as scared of being right as you are of being wrong because both put a target on your back. One makes you a bad person. If I'm wrong, I'm bad, which of course is not true, but that's Saturn Pluto square for you. Mm. If I'm right, then what's going to happen? You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm right about this, Mm -hmm. do I have to be right about the next thing? If I'm right about this, what, what, what consequence will come for me? Right. We can absolutely link this to past life stuff, but I think this life has taught you that enough, honestly. And some of this is probably locked in childhood experiences, not just what happened to you, but what you saw happen to other people. The best way for a mouse to get eaten by a bird of prey is to run around in circles, being panicked and being like, look, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Right? Like there is a way that you understand that by being perfectly still and doing nothing, you're not as visible to people who would cause you harm. Mm -hmm. And yes, this is a good self-defense strategy when your survival is being threatened. It is a great strategy. Mm -hmm. We do not want to take that from you. You never take survival mechanisms away from Pluto. That's that's an error. That doesn't work. Instead, what you do Mm -hmm. is you validate the wisdom of it. There is wisdom in this. This is a good strategy. That's why you have it. That's why you still have it. But if it's your only tool, then it's not going to work for you. I don't know what we're going to call it 80% of the time right now. It's not working, but it works. It works. We don't want you to stop having that tool. We just want you to have greater flexibility with when you use it versus other tools. And this will take getting in your body and trusting your ability to recognize what real danger is. If you can give yourself permission to sometimes have an off day, sometimes be good, sometimes be bad, sometimes be wonderful, sometimes be terrible, right? No one thing has to define us. If you have a sense of self, that becomes a lot easier to really believe and to give yourself permission for. And this is where we come back to that little tent metaphor that I didn't come up with. You don't need to change the weather. You need to get a better house. You know, you need to get a house with multiple doors, windows, you know, maybe a secret room, something like that, Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And, and you can, but it has to happen through the body. That's the path is through the body. So we are, we're back to your mm-hmm. first house. We're back to your Mars. Mm-hmm. This fear of survival isn't going to magically go away. Instead, what you want to do is make eye contact with it, acknowledge it, talk to it, and Mm -hmm. negotiate a little and say to it the next time you want to do something and that fear of like, oh, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is not possible. I cannot do this. This is too much for me to say, okay, what if I do it and here's what I'm going to do to make myself feel better? 
And here's the risk I'm willing to take. Let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And you like take notes before and after as a way to track your experience. And this thing I'm saying to do, tracking your experience, that's Pluto. Pluto is is like, it's a tracker, right? And so Mm -hmm. when we externalize the need to track and we like write things down or whatever, it can help Mm -hmm. us psychologically not be obsessing on a thing. Like, am I going to fail? Am I going to fail? What's going to happen when something bad is going to happen? This question that you have about your Pluto transits coming is a wise question. It is wise to look at seven years of Pluto transits and be like, I like what's going to happen. But as much as it is a challenge, it is also a gift. It it is. Mm -hmm. And you are actually ready. You are actually safe. Right. And, you know, the world aside, you are actually very well equipped with a number of toolboxes. You don't maybe use them for yourself, but you still have them. And it would take Pluto to get you to change around the stuff we're talking about. It just would. Mm-hmm. Your T-square, I haven't said this out loud, but it's fixed, right? So it's the part of your nature that is the most rigid that is being challenged by Pluto. So it would it would be hard for Uranus to do this. Uranus would weasel it a little bit, but it wouldn't like transform it the way we're talking about, right? Again, you need Pluto for this job. It is much easier to tell yourself a story and never change the narrative when you don't change your behavior. And you've got the story that you're not ready or that you don't know that you can't. Mm-hmm. You've got the story about yourself, about not expressing yourself as a way to be safer. And for as long as you don't interrupt that story, it's a true story, but it doesn't have to be a true story because it's technically not a true story. You don't need to put fear into this. It'll be a pain in your ass sometimes, but this is what you need. This is when you need it. This is what you need. And it's not yet. So you're with Neptune still, and you're comfortable with Neptune. So be with Neptune, but know that as this comes, the foundation you're laying with Neptune will prepare you for what comes with Pluto. Happy New Year. Looking for ways to connect with the magic of Judaism? Learn about the Jewish year with a planner that centers diverse voices from the Jewish diaspora, including BIPOC, Mizrahi, Sephardi, queer, trans, and disabled Jewish thought leaders, artists, and mystics. The indwelling dreams of Olam Haba Magical Planner is here for you. You can record your dreams, follow the moon cycle, plan your days, and mark important dates and holidays. Find it at dreamingtheworldtocome.com. Right now, they're offering a special discount to Ghost of a Podcast listeners. Get 20% off with promo code GHOST. This planner is a precious object and tangible tool to satisfy any earth sign. Its liberatory spirit will make a fire sign glow. Water signs will love immersing in monthly creative ritual, and air signs will fall for the visionary spirit of Alam Haba, the world to come. Order this gorgeous ritual tool today and get 20% off with promo code GHOST at dreamingtheworldtocome.com. Hello, my loves. Okay, we're going to talk about the astrology of October 16th through the 22nd. But before that, we're going to pull back and talk more about the astrology of the times. So kind of a big picture chat for a moment, if you will. What I've been thinking so much about lately is how the world is such a remarkable place. I mean, think about it. We're here talking about astrology, 
And this means we're thinking about how various planets far, far away impact our individual lives, but also our collective conditions on Earth. It's remarkable to think that something as simple as the planet Uranus transiting through the zodiac sign of Taurus can cyclically lead to the destabilization of many nations on Earth. But this is what happens. And this is where we are right now. There's something really powerful about considering how connected we are, how small we are, and how much of what we go through is interdependent. We are seeing globally the rise of fascism and religious extremism, coupled with the cruelties that people with power who prize their personal comfort and luxuries over the welfare of the planet itself and the people living on it. But here we are, right? This, this is what's happening. And somehow it just so happens that you are living at this time. And your life goes on, right? All of your day-to-day concerns, your concerns about the present, the past, the future, life, right? And there's a meaning to it. I believe there's a meaning to it. And I can't tell you what the purpose of your life is, but I've been getting so many questions from you about this, about purpose. And I want to say the way that you can find purpose in life is to lead a purposeful life. In other words, identify what you care about and make efforts to do something about it. You don't have to do the biggest thing or, you know, the most impactful thing, but do something about it. I had the great honor of hearing Cheryl Dawson speak at Marcus Books last week for the launch of the book called Comrade Sisters, Women of the Black Panther Party, a book, by the way, you should totally get your hands on. And She spoke about the power of service motivated by love. Acting from a place of love is powerful. It's powerful for you and for the world itself. Now, this is eclipse season, right? Next week, we're going to be talking about the first eclipse uh, of the the duo because eclipses always happen in pairs. And this brings up big emotions and opportunities for big change. Change isn't good, change isn't bad, it's change. And because it's the moon, it's important for me to say that we're talking about emotions, we're talking about feelings, right? And emotional healing in so many ways happens within the body. As we move into eclipse season, and also while we're there, try to notice what's happening in your body and how you emotionally feel, like where your emotions are rooting in your body, how you know that. Strive to understand the difference between your feelings and your emotions. Try to notice the difference between what you're picking up from the environment or from other people around you and what you personally are feeling. You don't have to fix anything. You don't have to analyze this. Try to just show up and be present with what is. It's an effort, right? It's so simple. When it comes to lessons of the moon, when it comes to emotional lessons, they tend to be really simple, but simple isn't easy. Simple is simply simple. So if it's difficult, show up for that. that that's the move here. Now that said, I do want to remind you that the numbers are tick, tick, ticking up with COVID and many regions of the world are having another wave. 
And the best way to protect yourself and others is by wearing a mask indoors and washing your little hands. During an airborne global pandemic, wearing a mask is an act of service and love. To yourself, sure, maybe, but certainly to others, to countless others. And speaking of acts of service, if you live in a place that claims to be a democracy, I encourage you to register to vote and participate in the goddamn system. Things are happening very quickly in the world. Pair service and action with love. And you're not only taking care of yourself, but you're being a part of what the world needs. You're participating, right? At the end of the day, you know, I talked so much last week about the eclipses and our values. And if you missed that, definitely listen to my little preamble before the horoscope uh, in episode 280. But it is important that we identify what it is that we hold dear, what it is that we value, and that our actions reflect those values. And when that's not happening, it's a good moment to take a pause, you know, take a beat, reset, and realign our actions. And, you know, if these words reset and realign sound like a retrograde, that's not an error, because what is really happening is we are in the retro shadow of the Mars retrograde. And the Mars retrograde will not happen until October 30th. But I mean, you know, it's real close. And so I want to remind you, Mars is related to many things, including what we do, the actions we take, embodiment, right? That's Mars for you. Mars is also passion. It's fornicating. It's fighting. It's masculinity or males. But at the end of the day, Mars is what we do. Mars is the actions you take. And so as we gear up towards the Mars retrograde, it is valuable to reflect because we follow the rule of Rees with retrogrades, right? We reflect on what you're actually doing, how you're doing what you're doing, your motivations. So, you know, a little Mars retro shade, a little eclipse season, Michigas, it can all add up. It can all add up. And while that can be stressful, I want to remind you there's meaning to it. There's meaning in it. And that struggle on its own is not a bad thing. Struggle, when it is infused with meaning, can be incredibly powerful and transformational. So don't resist all of your bad feelings just because they're difficult to bear. Instead, try to be present with them for long enough to be inquisitive about them. Okay? Okay, now let's get into the horoscope. Again, we are looking at the astrology of October 16th through the 22nd of 2022. And uh, we started off with a sun trine to Mars. On the 17th, the sun will be at 24 degrees of Libra and Mars will be at 24 degrees of Gemini. And they'll be forming this lovely trine. When these two planets trine each other, it can be quite powerful because the sun is the identity and it's the will. It's, you know, this bright luminary in the sky. And Mars is the ego. It is our sense of entitlement and action and passion and ambition. And so we can effectively align what what is authentic and right for us with what we're actually doing. We can feel strong enough to not be misled by our ego by way of taking more than is ours or, you know, falling into a pit of self-hate because, you know, the ego 
can make you feel real big and real small. And often feeling real small is the entitlement a person needs to act in a way that takes up too much space. And we call that, my friends, passive aggressive. But you don't have to worry about that during a sun trying to Mars, especially if these particular planets are hitting any important planets or points in your birth chart, right? So this is a good time for doing something physical, like getting something done. And that might be like doing something athletic if you're a sporty spice type. Or it can mean, you know, moving that piece of furniture that you've been meaning to get rid of, like actually moving it out of your house, like getting shit physically done. Also, if there's something that needs a little bit of courage, a little bit of oomph from you to activate around, this transit is your friends. This transit's also good for flirting and in particular for hooking up, right? Like for, for flirting that is physical. So it's great for sex. It's great for dance. It's great for play. It's just a fun transit and there's really no downside to it. So if you've been feeling just flattened, if you haven't been energized, this transit might just be a little the boost that you've needed. And if you have a lot of energy and you've got things that need doing, again, this transit is your friend. Now on the 18th, overlapping with the sun trying to Mars, we have a Venus trying to Mars. And it is not uncommon for the sun and Venus to be very close to each other. In fact, they never get that far away from each other. But on the 18th, Venus is at 24 degrees of Libra in 42 minutes, as is Mars, 24 degrees of Gemini, 42 minutes. And so these two planets form a trine to each other. Now, this is a transit you've heard me talk about before. It happens frequently enough. This is a transit that has no downside as well. It's a lovely transit, but there's a but. Of course, there's a but. My but is this. It's a transit that I see a lot of astrologers online promising, like, you will fall in love. It is amazing for relationships, all this kind of stuff. And I just have never seen that come to pass, like almost never, maybe never. And it's not to say that it can't happen. It's just that it's not strong enough on its own to like generate some magical love story. Even if it hits your birth chart in a pretty magical way, it's a trine. And trines don't make things happen. What they do is they create greater ease and flow to what is happening. So if you're like, you know, if you're single and ready to mingle, if you're like in a relationship and just wanting to zhuzh it up, this is a great transit for actively making things happen, for being receptive and also assertive. So Venus is receptive and Mars is assertive for being playful, engaging in things that are fun. You know, this transit is lovely for all of that. It's just, you know, it's not magic is what I'm trying to say. Venus trying to Mars is wonderful for your relationships. It's wonderful for your relationship to your body, uh, to your clothes. It can be quite helpful if you need to be a little more diplomatic in how you assert yourself or engage with something. Again, a lovely transit, no downside. Here's the rub. Because we have these two lovely transits uh, trining Mars, right? Yay, yay universe. But unfortunately, while they're happening, we have a bunch of difficult transits that are all exact on the 19th, smack dab in the hump of the week, the middle of the week, and they're fucking with these transits. Basically, they're fucking with the whole week because while the three transits I'm about to tell you about are exact on the 19th, we will be feeling them 
starting on Sunday for sure, and we will feel them throughout the week. So it's a real bummer, and I apologize on behalf of all things universe-related. Uh, but here we go. Here we go. We got three difficult transits to talk about. The first one is a Mercury opposition to Chiron. Now, Mercury opposite Chiron uh, is stressful. And it's stressful in any sign. But here we have Mercury at 13 degrees of Libra and Chiron at 13 of Aries. And so whenever we have oppositions between the sign of Libra and Aries, we are talking about tension in relationships. And the tension that we see in relationships is often the tension between like what I need and what we need, you know, the the needs of my partner versus my own needs kind of thing. And when I say partner, it's not like it's just for people who are married this is a transit that can impact all of our relationships. Now, Mercury opposition to Chiron can find you fixated on something that hurts or something that isn't working. And that can kind of make things worse because it can incline us to not focus on, oh, shit, I'm in pain. What do I need to do about it? It can find us focusing on, oh, shit, I'm in pain. Whose fault is it? Why does this happen to me? Right. And this is because oppositions tend to find us projecting our shit out or having other people project their shit upon us or both. And so Mercury opposition to Chiron can be tense. You know, this is not a great time to initiate processing. Let me repeat that. This is not a good time to initiate processing with people. If somebody tries to process something deep and real with you, and you know that you're not in a great place for it, my advice to you, my loves, is let them know. I will schedule a date with you. Let's schedule a date. It cannot be today. Here's the positive of the Mercury opposition to Chiron. This transit can bring about great healing. It can bring about kind of like these uh, sparks of insight that can be cathartic and help us to bridge understanding around something that has been a pain point. Mercury opposition to Chiron is a stressy kind of transit, but it's not inherently bad. You know, it's just stressy. And so much of our greatest breakthroughs happen in moments of stress. So it's wise to be open to understanding or seeing things from a new perspective, working on your shit. And it doesn't mean having a conversation with someone else about it inherently because there's too much going on. It's likely to go sideways on you. But with Mercury opposition to Chiron, we can understand our own patterns. We can come to a greater sense of not just understanding, but also participation around our pain points. And that's really powerful. That's what it's all about. It's not easy. Like it doesn't feel good usually, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. So, you know, something to pay attention to. Now, at the same time, we are going through two, not one, but two squares to Pluto. And it's not easy. So whenever we have planets squaring Pluto, what ends up happening is compulsions get intensified. Our emotions become more intense. And oftentimes what will happen is we will act from our strongest feelings and not our wisest ones. So on the 19th, we've got the sun forming an exact square to Pluto, as well as Venus forming an exact square to Pluto. And this is happening with the sun and Venus at 26 degrees of Libra and Pluto at 26 degrees of Capricorn. Now, you want to pay attention to this. The fact is we've got 
the Sun, Mercury, and Venus all in Libra. And they're all enduring some really challenging uh, transits. So if you have cardinal signs in your birth chart, you want to check out the degrees to see if your chart is getting hit, right? But listen, here's the thing. The sun square to Pluto will often find us in a controlling situation. So you may be feeling controlling, or you may be feeling like something or someone else is trying to control you. This can end up leading to serious conflicts. And those conflicts can basically be power struggles. So first and foremost, keep your side of the road clean. If you know you are feeling activated around a power struggle or an ego conflict with someone else, do your best to take responsibility for that. And that doesn't mean that you're not right, right? Like you might be really triggered by someone and you may be absolutely right and they may be absolutely wrong, but you're still responsible for how you conduct yourself, right? You're still responsible for how you show up and how you participate. So again, keep your side of the road clean as much as you can. This transit can also coincide with basically just destructive behavior, right? And again, it could be your behavior. It could be somebody else's. And this is because Pluto brings up our strongest feelings. And the sun is our identity. It's your, your literal sense of self. So if your sense of self is feeling threatened or controlled by someone else, you're going to feel entitled to act out. And this is where it's important to check in with yourself to make sure you are approaching this in a balanced way. Now you want to keep in mind, the zodiac sign of Libra is ruled by Venus. So we're still on the theme of values. Acting in ways that reflect your values is really important. But that doesn't mean acting in any kind of way. Pluto and Capricorn still wants us to learn responsibility around how we engage with power, right? How we structurally approach things. So you might need to take a time out before you can figure out what to do. So you can explore your kind of strongest emotions. Something I really think can be very effective is uh, writing a letter or recording a voice note, whatever is easier for your brain, where you say everything, all of your pettiest feelings and thoughts, like just just get it all out. Externalize it. Give yourself permission to say all the fucking things that you're feeling and thinking. And then edit it down. And then edit it down. And then edit it down from there. So that you can kind of take your strongest, truest emotions, externalize them, give yourself permission to have them, and then edit it down to like what actually needs to be said. Like what is actually in integrity for me? What actually reflects my values? What what actually is kind versus just like fuck you kind of stuff, you know, being able to really just pare down what it is that you think, what it is you would like to say, not with any intention of sending it to anyone, not with any intention of even saying anything to anyone, but as a process of engaging with your emotions that doesn't bring in other people. Because oftentimes your friends will gas you up. So if you're pissed off at someone and you tell, you know, your friend A, friend A is like, yeah, you're right. Let me let me give my two cents. And now things get bigger, right? Sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes that's what we need. And sometimes we need to sit with our own shit. And oftentimes, uh, Pluto brings up such intense emotion that it's a really good idea to sit with your shit before you share it with others. 
Conversely, it is a bad idea. So I hope this doesn't sound confusing, but it is a bad idea to isolate yourself when you're going through Plutonian energies. So I'm not encouraging you to isolate yourself, but simply to explore your own feelings, your own impulses, even your own toxicity before you bring other people into it, keeping in mind that everyone's going through this transit. It's not just you, right? And you may be dealing with someone else who is really triggered by this transit, even if you are not. And you might see that they just need to vent. I recommend asking if somebody wants feedback before offering it this week, but especially on the 19th and around the 19th. This transit is not good news. None of these transits are good news for the world, right? Unfortunately, they can coincide with some of the worst behaviors that people are capable of, in particular people with power. So unfortunately, I don't have a very optimistic view of what will happen at this time. Now, it is absolutely possible that people will come together and meaningful, deep and lasting progress will be made. It is absolutely possible. But our wins during Pluto transits don't tend to be super easy. They tend to come with a bit of a heavy toll. Pay close attention to the news on and around the 19th. Uh, because yeah, I expect I expect this to be an eventful time. Whenever we're dealing with Pluto, we have the themes present of death and rebirth. And I feel like in spiritual and woo circles, that's, these are like terms that are thrown around a lot. But what does it mean? I mean, does it mean literal death and birth? I can, but it's not inherently what it means. No. What it means is surrendering and releasing, letting go. That's the death part. And the rebirth is being open to what emerges when you're not holding on to things too tightly. That's the rebirth part, right? And that's Pluto for you. Now, the other transit that we have going on the same date is a Venus square to Pluto. This transit has a lot of similar characteristics to the Sun square to Pluto. And the Venus square to Pluto is going to last a little bit longer than the Sun square to Pluto. Okay, so keeping in mind, Venus is related to what? Our values, our relationships, uh, body image, and how we kind of feel about the way we look, our finances. There's, there's more, but let's just focus there. Because of this, this transit of Venus square to Pluto can have a meaningful impact on our relationship to how we look you know, or how we feel about the way we look. It can have a profound impact on our finances. This is a terrible time for major purchases, just like fucking terrible, because we're likely to buy things out of a compulsive state instead of clarity. So if you can avoid it, uh, do, you know, just put it off for 72 hours, maybe a little more, and you'll be fine. But then also, it can have a really profound effect on your intimate life. So when I say intimate life, it can be your romantic love life, but it can also be the people that you're close to, which for a lot of us is friends, right? It's the people that you love and care for, Venus. It also can really challenge us around our values, what we value. And this is the thing. If you're upset in any way about the way you look or the way somebody else looks, let me just remind you to hold that concern in proportion with the value that it actually holds in life. 
it's important to check in with, am I thinking about this or caring about this in a way that is proportional to my value system? If I'm treating it like the most important thing, do I actually believe it's the most important thing? Does that belief need to be investigated, interrogated, changed? Venus square Pluto will help you with that shit. Venus square to Pluto is a transit that often will kick up, again, power struggles, control issues, deep and compulsive feelings, resentments, all this kind of shit in your relationships. This is a transit that many people will want to obsess on people in their lives, people from their past, uh, or people that you just have like a fixation on. Terrible idea. Resist all impulses to uh, cyberstalk someone. It's, it's not a good use of this energy for you or for the person you're doing this to. Ditto with gossip. It is so tempting to talk shit about other people, people you know, famous people, whatever, when you feel like shit about yourself. But it's not a healthy deflection. It's just a deflection. So if you can try to notice yourself doing it when you're doing it and make a different choice. And if you can't, you can't. If you notice other people are just trying to like pull you into shit talking, you know, you might listen and not engage. You don't have to be like high and mighty about it or anything. You can just not engage. It's always an option, right? This transit kicks up jealousy and possessiveness and manipulation and other Plutonian vibes. None of them are especially healthy, right? Like this is not healthy stuff. And so if you find yourself coping with these emotions, again, try to pull yourself back and sit with the feelings instead of acting on those feelings or pairing a narrative to those feelings, right? Sometimes you just feel jealous and you don't want to be jealous and you don't have to fixate on it. You don't have to figure out why. You can just be like, all right, this is what I'm feeling, And then try to redirect your attention and energy towards something neutral. You know me, I'm always saying, and I will continue to say, when you're feeling shitty and low, it is very difficult to go from shitty feelings to positive feelings in an authentic way. So it is way more efficient and effective to go from shitty feelings to neutral feelings. So there's so many neutral activities you can pursue, so many things that you can do that don't turn you into uh, Pollyanna, but instead get you redirected without harming yourself or others. That is a great thing. And from there, then you can focus on positive if you can. But the thing about Pluto is Pluto, it's like deep and roiling. So Whenever we're going through Pluto transits, and again, today we're going through two at the same time as the Mercury-Chiron opposition, so it's a lot. So whenever we're going through this Pluto stuff, we have the capacity to get to the bottom of things, to go deep. And this is something powerful. This can be something healing. The key is to not try to get to the bottom of things with, like by scratching and clawing and like harming yourself or others, right? But instead to do it in a way that reflects your values. And the truth is, we all want to be loved. We all want to feel that we're worthy of love. And this transit can kick up ways that we don't feel loved, or we don't feel worthy of love. And this can be at the root of a lot of our bad behaviors, or the bad behaviors of others. Speaking of the bad behaviors of others, you know, this is not a great transit for the rights of women and everyone who's not a cis man. It is also not a great transit in regards to people with power, throwing their power around uh, through their money, 
if you're going to invest your money, like if you have to invest your money, I know it's around tax time here in the US, whatever. If you have to invest your money, my goodness, do it ethically. Do it ethically because the the energy of this day is so powerful. And this power can be transformative in a really positive way or in a really negative way. That's, That's fucking Pluto for you. If this transit hits your chart, directly, right? If it, if it activates something really direct in your birth chart, you are likely to be dealing with intensity. Pluto has an all or nothing energy to it. So I want to encourage you to not offer ultimatums or engage with other people's ultimatums. And here's something very kind of specific I'm trying to get at. Sometimes someone does something and that's a line for you. That is a boundary. They have crossed the line. They've crossed a boundary and that's it. You know, if they continue to do this thing, you, you need to take care of yourself and you need to remove yourself from the situation. That's real. And that's really different than an ultimatum. An ultimatum is a threat. An ultimatum is a manipulation, right? Pluto's very good at those things. But Pluto's also good at emboldening you to get to the heart of the matter so that you can use your discernment to be strong enough to take care of yourself. And that's a boundary. And so, you know, while I don't recommend ultimatums, manipulations and power plays, I do recommend knowing yourself well enough to know what you can and cannot do and being clear, being clear about that. So an example of that might be, you know, you might be in a relationship with somebody who is constantly making fun of your footwear they might think it's really funny and you may have told them count- countless times, you know, it actually really hurts my feelings. My mother made fun of my footwear when I was a small child and it's like a trigger for me. I need you to stop. You tell them once, you tell them twice, you tell them three times. After the third time, it's not an ultimatum to say, I can't keep keep this up. Like you're not respecting my feelings. We can't hang out if you keep this up. That's not an ultimatum if you mean it. If it's not a punishment for the other person. Instead, it's a way of taking care of yourself right? But if you say those exact same words, but from a different motivation inside of yourself, and it's to make them feel bad, it's to flex power, and it's not something that you really believe you follow through on, then we get into ultimatum vibes. So again, whenever it comes to Pluto, we want to check our motivations, right? And when it comes to Venus, we want to check our values. This transit can signify a meaningful transformation in your relationships, your relationship to anything inside of yourself, or a relationship with a human or relationships with people. It can be really powerful and healing. It's not usually easy, but it is, it always holds within it the potential to bring about something more kind of raw, simple and true. But you got to do the work. And when it comes to this transit, the work is not what I would characterize as easy. So show up that's the best you can do. You know what I mean? You just want to show up. A final word I will say about these transits is that um, if you have addiction issues, you know, from shopping to substance abuse to porn, whatever, like if you have addiction issues, these transits, all three of them can trigger those addiction issues. And so when we know something is getting triggered, what we know is that we have the opportunity to bring healing to it right? It depends on how you engage with it. I recommend if you know this is coming to put your your self-care tools in front of you. Choose to ask for help from people who've already proven to be good at helping you, willing to help you. 
this can be a powerful time of coming into greater alignment with yourself around self-destructive compulsions. But again, it takes the willingness to do the work and it takes that intention. Now, my loves, that brings us to the last two transits of the week, and they are both happening on October 22nd. And thankfully, they are grounding and soothing transits. So let me tell you, the sun and Venus are finally exactly conjunct to each other. So they've been like very close to each other all week, but now they're exactly conjunct to each other on the 22nd. It's happening at the anoretic degree of Libra. So at 29 degrees of Libra. This transit is so helpful for coming into greater awareness and embodiment of your values. It's wonderful. The reason why, if you're like uh, an astrology Googler, the reason why uh, so many astrologers will say this transit brings about peace and harmony and well-being and all this kind of stuff is because our sense of self and our values are aligned. There is so much ease in that. The sun conjunction to Venus at the last degree of Libra is a powerful transit and one worth really tapping into because what it offers us the opportunity for is achieving greater awareness, clarity, and even embodiment of our values. And this is something that can spill over into our relationships so that we have lovely interactions with people. It's easier to kind of show people how we feel about them, let them know that we appreciate them when we feel okay in ourselves, right? And it might be that someone else just like makes you feel good about yourself. This is a great transit for flirting and hanging out with people, basically like socializing and connecting with others because of the ease you're more likely to feel in yourself or the ease that others are likely to feel with themselves, making it easier for them to, uh, you know, participate in a lovely social interaction. But as lovely as this transit is for socializing and romancing, and it is lovely for those two things, because of the time we're in and the time we're having, I want to point you towards this other part of the transit, our ability to be aligned with our values, right? That is so powerful. So if you, you know, are working on some sort of like spiritual work around your value system in honor of eclipse season, which again, you know, I strongly recommend this date and around this date is a chef's kiss kind of moment for it. Okay. And in particular, if you've had a rough week, if you've been diff having difficult social stuff, uh, you know, sit with it because on this date, you're going to be in a better position to be able to, you know, not be a dick to yourself or others around it, to just be with it. It can be quite a peaceful transit. Now, the other thing I want to name about this particular transit is it can be uh, good for the rights of women and everyone who is not a cis man. And I think that it's very important for me to acknowledge that a sun conjunction to Venus is not as powerful of a transit as any transit that involves an outer planet. And that's because the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, they are social and generational planets. So they, they kind of harness more collective energies, right? And so we're not always going to see as much of a social uh, and kind of like political articulation of uh, this transit because it's between two of the inner planets, the more personal planets, right? But we want to look for the good news where we can find it in the world as well as in our individual lives. Now, 
The other transit that we're going through on this date is a trine between Mercury at 18 degrees and 35 minutes of Libra and Saturn at the same degrees of Aquarius. Now, Mercury trine to Saturn is a lovely grounding transit, I'm happy to say. This transit helps us to focus and concentrate to get difficult things done, in particular, anything that involves concentration, organization, uh, and staying power related to your thinking. If you need to pay attention to details, if you need to sort through lots of information, Mercury trying to Saturn is your BFF. If you're studying for an exam, writing anything, you know, in particular, something that is nonfiction, uh, Mercury trying Saturn is your friend. This transit is a good one to have happen when you are dealing with anything related to, you know, business professionalism, organization responsibilities, that kind of shit. So if things were rough this week in your relationships, a day when Mercury is trying to Saturn and the sun is conjunct Venus is an excellent time for processing, right? It's an excellent time for having an honest conversation that is not defensive. This transit is really just, again, it's grounding your thinking It allows you to like sort through your inbox and get all your emails finally responded to, uh, making sure that you actually reply in a kind way because Mercury is still in Libra. It's just generally a great transit for learning, right? And you can learn from experience. You can learn from people. You can learn from books and blogs and videos and podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever it is, this is just a good grounding transit for your mind. And it is one worth really leaning into, especially because that Mercury opposition to Chiron is so just triggering and it can have us feeling all over the place and it can scatter our attention. This Mercury trying to Saturn brings it back to focus. And that is a beautiful fucking thing, especially as we are in eclipse season, which can be emotionally, you know, a little bit chaotic. My loves, that is your damn horoscope. I'm going to run through the transits again, but as always, I'll remind you that you can use the same tool that I use for tracking the transits, which is Astrology for Days. You can subscribe to it over at astrologyfordays.com and you adjust it for your time zone. And yeah, it just tells you exactly when the transits are happening and gives you a place to keep notes so you can track your experience and predictions. Okay, on the 17th of October, we have an exact sun trying to Mars. On the 18th, we have an exact Venus trying to Mars. And then the 19th, shit goes haywire. And we have a Sun and a Venus square to Pluto, as well as a Mercury opposition to Chiron. Finally, on the 22nd, we have a lovely Sun conjunction to Venus and a Mercury trine to Saturn. If you'd like to learn more with me and get woo, join me over on Patreon. Uh, the link is always in show notes and on my website, but it's patreon.com slash Jessica Lignato. Now, my friends, I know this is a a heavy time. It's a heavy time in the world and there's a lot coming up and going on. So I encourage you to try to center acts of love, potentially even acts of service motivated by love, not for the attention, not for the outcome, but for the action itself. Acting from a place of love expands that inside of you and it can be really powerful. It's also a good reminder of how taking care of yourself can be so interconnected with taking care of others. All right, my loves, 
Thank you for joining me this week, and I will look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye.